0: Stress and anxiety, it stabs you in the heart, it changes you, you are not yourself, you lose your identity. So what is anxiety and stress? Anxiety causes the muscles to tense up, which can lead to pain and stiffness in almost any area of the body. Anxiety is underlying stress when feelings become excessive, all-consuming, and interfere with daily living. Feeling faint, chest pains, and dizziness are symptoms of anxiety and panic attacks. Anxiety chest pain is frequently described as a sharp, stabbing sensation that starts suddenly even if the person is inactive. Stress can cause pain, tightness, or soreness in your muscles, as well as spasms of pain. It can lead to flare-ups of symptoms of arthritis, uh, fibromyalgia, and other conditions because stress lowers your threshold for pain. People do stupid things to relieve pain. Marijuana or other drugs, it's terrible. We are making it legal now. Marijuana's main uh, psychoactive ingredient is delta-9-tetrahydrocannabinol, THC. It attaches to the brain's cannabinoid receptors. These receptors connect to nerves in the brain that influence pleasure, memory, thought. Concentration, sensory and time perception, and coordinated movement. Multiple studies have linked marijuana use with a higher risk of the following psychotic symptoms number one, delusion. Number two, disorganized thinking and speech. Number three, hallucinations. That's all five senses. Number four, depression. Number five, uh, suicidal behavior. You know, the loss of your identity and everything else. All of these significant impairment in daily life, they cause significant impairment in daily life. The clinical terms are depersonalization, you lose your personality, and derealization, you lose reality. On the street, we call this a loss of identity. You can't answer the question, who am I? This means you lose your God-given personality, allowing the enemy to take over. You also lose your reality so the enemy can create a fake world for you to live in. That is so bad. Stress and anxiety are natural and therefore can be controlled. We have dominion through the Holy Spirit. They are part of the fight or flight response. It's the body's reaction to danger. The natural response is to be ready to deal with a threat which is later converted to fear and worry. According to the American Psychological Association, the APA, money is the top cause of stress in the United States. The APA reported that 72% of Americans stressed out about money at least sometime during one month. Everyone has different stress triggers. Also, stress on the job tops the list. About 40% of U.S. workers admit to experiencing stress on the job. The fundamental motivation behind the threat reaction is to protect yourself from the danger, your emotions, including fear, frustration, and anger. Your body is mobilized by the threat response with powerful psychological changes that are dramatic. The brain becomes hyper alert with nerves boiling, pupils dialing, the bronchi, Uh, The bronchial tubes will dilate and breathing accelerates. It's a stress and a sign of duress. Heart rate and blood pressure rise, causing exhaustion. A threat generates fear and worry. Fear and worry is experienced in your mind, but it triggers a strong physical reaction in your body. As soon as you recognize fear, your amygdala, it's a small organ in the middle of your brain, goes to work it alerts your nervous system which sets your body's fear response into motion that's what the focus of today will be fear and worry you have a choice to remove fear and worry and we'll get to that so does the holy spirit bring anxiety the answer is no the spirit brings feelings of peace say yes peace putting it simply if what is inside of you is from god you won't Feel fear, trepidation, stress, or worry. But instead, you'll have feelings of peace and happiness. The Bible does not state what causes anxiety because God considers anxiety to be a crisis of faith. The belief here is that anxiety shows that the person has not yet been able to put full trust in God because fear itself is something that is meant to be relinquished as every person is meant to be part of God's plan. Anxiety stems from a nervous system rattled with a never-ending stream of subconscious fear. This fear is different than the fear that sparks anger. Anxiety can rob us of the ability to enjoy our lives, creating instead hopelessness and shame. We find it hard to stop obsessing long enough to enjoy a loving relationship, find humor in life, or enjoy a peaceful moments. We cannot create, relax, or imagine a life without fear. So what causes fear and worry? Being under lots of pressure, of course. Another is facing big changes. And of course, what about worrying about something? Uh, Not having much or any control over the outcome of a situation. Having responsibilities that you're finding overwhelming. Not having enough work, which impacts your income or activities or change in your life. And also times of uncertainty. So the next question is, how do you know you have fear and worry? Well, you've, you're feeling overwhelmed, helpless or hopeless. You're feeling guilty without a clear cause. You're spending a lot of time worrying. You're having difficulty thinking or remembering. You're sleeping too much or too little. You're having changes in your appetite, and you're relying more heavily on mood-altering substances, such as alcohol or drugs. Now, let's talk about the physical symptoms of fear and worry and that includes aches and pains, chest pain or feeling like your heart is racing, exhaustion or trouble sleeping, headaches or dizziness or shaking, high blood pressure, excessive smoking or drinking or using drugs, muscle tension or jaw clenching, stomach or digestive problems. Now there are three stages of fear and worry. The first one is alarm, the second one is resistance, and Finally, exhaustion. Now, let's talk about alarm. This occurs when we first perceive something as stressful, and then the body initiates the fight or flight response, and the result is exhausting. Then we fight through the resistance, and the result in it is exhaustion, causing the behaviors of stress and anxiety. It's a process we can control. Now, let me tell you about the testimony of uh, a quiet uh, person to speaker, a quiet person uh, to uh, speaker. It's a story of how the Holy Spirit frees you from the prison that you create. When I was younger, yes, that's true, I was young once. Uh, someone once said, he must be an old dude. Even history doesn't go that far back. I used to be the most shy person with very few friends. I couldn't even attend lunch around many people because I was so shy. It gave me stress and anxiety. You see, I was a computer guy. You know, the nerd on the keyboard. I was a systems programmer analyst. I only talked to computers, not people. In Wikipedia, you look up the word geek and you see my picture. When I was younger, I felt imprisoned. I was too embarrassed to express myself. I had stress and anxiety when it was my turn to speak at work with or with friends. I attended a faith-based workshop. Seminars in Boston designed to help people create the love, success, financial freedom, and connection that I wanted in my life. That's when things started to change. It was a journey to find the Holy Spirit. I found it and it was joyful. One of the things the workshop seminar focused on was public speaking. The idea was not to be trapped in the prison of your own body. That is where stress and anxiety come from. We had a great retreat in upstate New York in the Adirondacks. I remember peace coming. Uh, upon me. I remember I went down the hill in the forest to get breakfast at the dining cabin. Seven deer were in my path. I felt totally calm, and the deer felt it. I walked in the middle of them. We were so close to each other, we were exchanging business cards. I remember my twin sister said she saw huge changes in me, which were positive. She used to be the talker, and I was the quiet one. Today, we're both talkers. It's like stereo. Oh, and today, I'm still a nerd on a keyboard, but I'm living life too. Now, in 1998, and four years after starting a publishing company, our team was using radio to promote authors as part of the New England Publishers Association being developed. Back then, podcasting was six years into the future, and the introduction of smartphones was nine years into the future. So radios and newspapers were a really big deal back then. So now someone says, see, I told you he was an old dude. After calling a radio station uh, after radio station, one executive producer answered the phone and said, great idea. I was excited beyond belief. Then he said, you can be the host. Get the guests and do the show. At the time, I didn't know why he suggested that. Later, I discovered that the behind the scenes of radio broadcasting was no simple uh, task. All the behind the scenes work required collaboration with people to solve problems. It required communication, a lot of talking with people. It required leadership, coordination, and making tough decisions that people didn't like. What I said impacted how people thought of me. Tough decisions bounce back, tough thoughts. It causes stress and anxiety because at the time I thought it was important what other people thought of me. Today I care less than flying bird poop on a windshield. Then there was the live broadcast for an hour every Thursday morning before going into ABC News. It was a huge responsibility to be the lead-in to a national news organization. That stress. That caused anxiety. Subsequently, that led into a speaking tour through all six New England states. That caused a lot of face-to-face stress. It was something I overcame. I started to live in the real world that God created. I found that I am a person equal to another person in front of me. It was a long journey to be free of the stress and the anxiety that I was causing. I was amazed at the pain and prison created by myself. I could always have been free in the past, but I didn't know. It's nice to know you can be free. We create stress, anxiety, fear, or other bondages that we can be set free from. Through the Holy Spirit, God has given you the key to unlock the prison you are in. Very often, the prison you are in is the one that you created. The enemy does not need to create it. The enemy just enters it to join you because you created it. If we don't create the prison, then there's no prison for the enemy to enter to join you. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, the scripture says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And in of Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, the scripture says, for God gave a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. So let, now let me tell you, when I met my wife, Maria, she came along Uh, with me to Connecticut to record a music interview show called Today's Music Review that aired every Monday in Los Angeles on KCLA 99.3. She had no idea the journey it took me to get there. I was free. I was no longer held bondage. When I was on NBC Nightly News and the Weather Channel, I had no fear. During the 11-year period from 2004 to 2011, there was no fear when I was on a tour in the seven states of New York and New England lecturing at 52 venues. No one can believe that a shy, quiet person with new friends could ever be a professional broadcaster or public speaker. What did I learn? We can become trapped in our own bodies. We are prisoners of ourselves. The terror of fear causes stress and anxiety. We are held captive for things that don't exist. Fear could be overcome by choice. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Remember, the prison you are in is the one that you created. The enemy does not need to create it. The enemy just enters it to join you because you created it. If we don't create the prison, then there is no prison for the for the uh, enemy to join you. So now enter Exhibit B. B for boy. Oh boy, yes, it's my wife. She was like uh, I was, very shy and quiet. Well, let me tell you about her. Colombians talk, but you wouldn't know it. I know it. Her mother lives with us. Her brothers are neighbors. My wife makes me laugh in a good way. And Marie and I have been married many years, almost 20 years. Let me tell you about my wife. Let me tell you how she makes me laugh. I asked my wife, why do you keep reading our marriage license? She says, I'm looking for an expiration date. My lo- wife loves to cook. She asked, do you want dinner? And just wondering, I asked, sure, what are my choices? And she says, yes and no. And my parents told me, man is incomplete until she is married. Then after that, he's really finished. Now, Colombians talk, but you wouldn't know it. I know it. She has a lot to say. I asked uh, a minister to coax uh, my wife to do a podcast episode. This happened on July 14th, 2021. She said, why don't you uh, tell her? I said, because girls talk to each other. Well, let me paint the picture. The difference between the women's ministry and the men's ministry at the Resurrection Center is like this. Girls say, you can do it. Men say, grow up. See, Maria needed a little bit of, you can do it. Fast forward a couple hours, you'll see the podcast on Resurrection Center Radio on the same day, July 14, 2021. So what did Maria learn? She she was trapped in her own body of fear. She was uh, a prisoner. She was a prisoner of her own worry. The terror of fear caused stress and anxiety. She was held captive in a fear that didn't exist. She made a choice to overcome the fear. And if both she and I can do it, anyone can do it. Remember, she's a talkative person and not shy. But in her public setting, she's a different person. We have the same peace of joy that we have at church at home. It's a choice. Don't make your own prison don't get stuck. The enemy will join you in the prison you created. You have a bunkmate when you are in prison. The prison cell isn't just for one. It's you and the enemy. Don't get a roommate this way. Now, let's talk about stress and anxiety causing anger. Stress and anxiety causing anger. Anxiety, I should say. Uh, Causing anger. Anger is the byproduct of stress and anxiety. I'll say that again. Anger is a byproduct of stress and anxiety. Stress and anxiety are the ingredients to anxiety. Stress and anxiety that is bottled up eventually explodes in the form of anger. The bottle is what ignites the anger. Anger overcomes and destroys peace and joy. Once that happens, no one would even think of you as a Christian. Anger causes us to lose our self-control. It causes us to say and do things that we would otherwise Never consider. Anger turns into bitterness that eats away at our hearts. In Ephesians chapter four, verse thirty-one, the scripture says, "Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice." That's Ephesians chapter four, verse thirty-one. That does not mean that we call, that we cease. I should say that we cease to have strong convictions or lose our desire for ju- justice. It does mean we refuse to allow the sins of others to cause us to sin. Anger does not bring about God's redemptive work. Far more often, it hinders what God is working to accomplish. If you feel that you have a righteous anger because of something that has happened, see if you are holding anger in your heart without sin. Is your anger turning into business? Into bitterness, I should say? Is your anger causing you to speak in an unchristian manner? to someone, or to gossip about them? Is your anger causing you to make excuses for your own ungodly behavior? Is your anger preventing you from acting in a loving, redemptive, and Christ-like way towards someone? You must examine any anger within you and allow God to remove any sinful attitudes that your anger may have produced. Now, let's talk about what an American president says about fear and worry. The first term inauguration of Franklin Delano Roosevelt was as the 32nd President of the United States, and it was held on Saturday, March 4th, 1933. At the time, President Roosevelt was inaugurated. The United States was facing an unemployment rate of over 25%, which put more than 12 million Americans out of work. That's a lot for a 1933 population of less than 126 billion. Compare that today at over... Um, more than $333 Roosevelt attempted to convince the American people and Congress to follow his plan for the Great Depression. In his 20-minute long inaugural address, he said, So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert, retreat into advance. In every dark hour of our national life, a leadership of frankness and of vigor has met with that understanding and support of the people themselves, which is essential to victory. And I am convinced that you will again give that support to leadership in these critical days. After the inaugural address, a woman by the name of Sarah Love said, Any man who can talk like that in times like these is worthy of every ounce of support. This was a man who had, who had, uh, who had been diagnosed with polio, uh, the polio disease. Uh, he had been diagnosed with polio. It's an infectious viral uh, disease that affects the central nervous system and can cause temporary or permanent paralysis. You see, he was in a wheelchair. His disability was well known and became a major part of his image. The power of such a man made him not disabled. President Roosevelt not only controlled his fear and worry, but was able to control the fear and worry of the American people. Remember, he dealt with the financial state of the country, the Great Depression. He also had health issues, polio. You can think about the three Ps to get you out of stress that causes anxiety. PPP, plan, prepare, perform. Plan, prepare, perform. It explains how to uh, to adapt, uh, adapt the right mindset developed Uh, a customized plan build confidence and get the most out of the plan uh let's talk about peaceful living if you make peace with your past and let it go then it won't spoil your present time has a way to travel and people have a way to travel through time for example many people live in the turmoil of the past and relive it every day instead of moving on don't let others Impressions of you beat you up. It's none of your business what other people think of you. They don't know you as well as you know yourself. If you want to be happy, take control. No one is responsible for your happiness except you. Only your thoughts and actions will make you happy. What you do with your life is up to you. Make a choice to be happy. Everyone is on their own journey, including you. Don't compare your life to others. You are on your journey, and they are on their journey. Chances are, you are glad you are on their journey. So don't compare your life to others. Don't struggle to know everything. Stop overthinking. Don't make things complicated. It's okay to not know all the answers. Just focus on getting the job done. Do what you have to do. If you don't know the answer, that's okay. Move around it. Now let's talk about how to use God with your stress and anxiety. A lot of people ask me about God. Those that ask me about God are still in a place of searching for God. God is not someone you walk up to. God is the spiritual experience inside of you that changes you to a better understanding of who God is. That's the difference. It is that day-to-day and year-to-year experience of being carried by God through the Holy Spirit that tells you who God is and what his promise is for you. God is more about a daily experience that carries you through your life, all while having the knowledge of a promise of the ultimate Father in your life. Yeah, that's deep, but it's true. In John chapter 17, verse 3, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Again, that's John chapter 17, verse 3. We learn through the Holy Bible, and more importantly, the Holy Spirit, that knowing God through experience is so very different than knowing about God through a theology textbook. The experience of God goes way far beyond textbooks. It's the envelope of the Holy Spirit that is protecting you and nourishing inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you the true understanding of who God is and what he is in your life. I am in a much greater rejoice and celebration that I have found joy and peace in life through the Holy Spirit. It is through the Holy Spirit that I learned so much more. According to the Bible, you cannot say you know God unless you have experienced him. And that means directly, not by reading an article in a news publication. An example comes from a deep understanding and reflection of the scripture, Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 through 10. Again, that's Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 through 10. And the scripture reads, What is more, Become like him in his death. And that's Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 through 10. Practical biblical knowledge always involves real life experience from the Holy Spirit. You may become discouraged because the truths you read about in the Bible are much richer than the reality of your own experience. You see, God knows us better than we know us. That is why we must seek the Lord, Father, God, because through Jesus, we understand all things. This way we cannot be at peace and have joy without the very distractions and discouragement we put in our lives. If you have not yet experienced God's power at work in and through your life, do not settle for a secondhand knowledge of God's power rejoicing in what God has done in others. Dive into speaking to God through prayer and practice fasting. What is the purpose of fasting, you ask? Well, the idea of fasting is to rid your body of toxins. Okay, We do this spiritually, but reducing the desires of this earth so that we can increase our desire for God. The idea is to build awareness of who God is in our lives and to build a relationship with God. Through fasting, you are able to recharge the spiritual battery for greater energy in leaning toward God in all of your thinking. Jesus' prayer was that you, me, and all of us would come to know God in the presence of God in your life and experience. Don't refuse or reject the power of God simply because you have not experienced it. Being your spiritual exp- uh, bring your spiritual experience up to the standard of where God wants you to be. Never reduce the written scripture to the level of your own experience. There is always a space for spiritual growth. Don't settle for basic mental thinking knowledge of God's love. Get to experience God's love through the Holy Spirit. Jesus prayed that you would experience the depth and width and height of his love, that you would enjoy God's full and unending love in the day-to-day experiences of your life. You can pray to be delivered from the shelter that hides you from God. You can pray to be brought forth into the light of God. Ask God to bring his presence into your everyday experiences. Ask God if there are any adjustments you need to make in order to receive his promise that he has for you. Don't give up on the promises of God. Stay with them until you are fully experiencing them. Be and rejoice in peace as you are carried in God's arms through the Holy Spirit. When we are worried, stressful, or fearful, we can pray to God and ask Him to help us know what we are able to do and what we are to do, more importantly. God doesn't use fear tactics, though He can sometimes be very direct in answers. When God speaks, we feel it in our hearts and minds. He speaks in terms of peace, not anxiety. So how should I pray for anxiety? Think about something like this. This is an example. Uh, I'll just give you an example, okay? Uh, Loving God, please grant me the peace of mind and calm my troubled heart. My soul is like a turbulency. I can't seem to find my balance, so I stumble and worry constantly. Give me the strength and clarity of mind to find my purpose and walk the path you've laid out for me. See something like that. It's an acknowledgement and and you seek the Lord. You seek the Lord. Okay? So God can calm your anxiety. We know this through 1 Peter chapter 5 uh, verse 7. First Peter chapter 5 verse 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And again, that's 1 Peter chapter uh, 5 verse 7. If you want God, if you want to give God your worries, start by writing them down down You can't give him something if you don't first acknowledge you have something to give. And in the morning, when you wake up, or just before going to bed at night, write it down. Write in the morning, when you wake up, or before going to bed at night. Uh And let's talk more. So let's remember the lessons uh, of that comes from three scriptures. And I'm going to read from Matthew, Joshua, and uh, Philippians. Um, And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, this is my command to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So these are some lessons from Matthew, Joshua, and Philippians. Pretty good. So Jesus wants to hear from you uh, when your heart feels overwhelmed. So uh, pray with me at this hour. Um, so let's pray together, shall we? Dear Lord, thank you for the calm quiet you promised is accessible to me even in the middle of chaos. God, it often feels impossible to find when life is spinning out of control. Help me to remember that when I feel overwhelmed by what I can't predict or plan, that you already know what will play out and are with me through the process. Help me, Lord, to trust you as I steady my mind and heart on your promises. Help me to care for my body in the way it needs so that my mind can embrace your truth more easily. Father God, in the midst of my stress and panic, please open my eyes. Show me what you are doing. Remind me that you are greater than all those who are against me. Help me see where you are at work and give me your joy and encouragement. Dear Lord Father God, would you please quiet my anxious heart. Give me courage to step out in faith beyond what I can see or attempt to control. I bring you, dear Lord, the burdens in my heart to you right now at this moment. In the name of Jesus, I make this prayer. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for joining me. My name is Dave.